What's up, everybody? Ryan Satin here, and this is the Fox Sports SmackDown Roundup. What an episode of SmackDown we had this week. We got the finals of the World Cup and a bunch of other great matches, which I'm going to break down segment by segment, as always, as I always do on this podcast. But first, before I get into that, yes, I took a little break. I apologize. Had some personal family stuff going on. My dad was in the hospital. His is in the hospital. I've had to be there for him. So I'm sorry I didn't get to do a roundup after Survivor Series War Games. Great show. I watched it in the hospital with my dad, but I watched it. He also had the USC game going on in the background. He was hooked up that day. Had a lot of stuff on all the TVs. But those of you following me on social media, those of you who have paid attention to all my tweets and sent me some kind words of encouragement while dealing with all of this, I appreciate it very much. Thank you to every single one of you. I should be back full-time doing these podcasts now, though. I'll also be helping my dad out and doing them both, but I gotta do what I gotta do. Gotta pay the bills. Speaking of kind words, I want to give a little bit of love to Zach Zilla 89 who left a five-star review for this show via Apple Podcasts. And this is what he said. He said, best WWE roundup out there. This podcast rules. Anyone looking for a WWE roundup show along with exclusive interviews with top talent, look no further. Ryan is personable and knowledgeable. Check this show out. Zach Zilla 89 Appreciate it very much. Personable and knowledgeable. I like those words. I think when people ask me to describe myself like I do to others on Out of Character, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep those ones in the bank. Personable. I think that is a good way to describe me. <laughs> I'm working on the knowledgeable part. All right, let's get to this week's episode of SmackDown. Wrestle heavy show, and I loved it. Good matches on this show. <clears throat> the first of which was the match that kicked off the night. Sami Zayn versus Sheamus. But before the match, the Bloodline get on the microphone, and Jimmy Uso gives props to Sami Zayn for showing his true allegiance inside War Games at Survivor Series. Jay Uso says Sami has now earned his respect and it's because of Sammy that they won the match at War Games. Wonder what the Tribal Chief is going to think of that one. Sammy then does a double Usi handshake with the Usos before being interrupted by Sheamus for their match. Like I said, you know, this is going to be one of my takeaways from the, from the War Games match, which I loved. I really, really liked the War Games match. Great first outing. Um, not sure it was better than all of the other War Games matches that have taken place in NXT. However, the story that was attached going in made the outcome that much better. I don't think that's exactly what anyone saw coming. I think everyone thought that Sammy was going to be ousted from the bloodline or make a decision on his own to turn on the bloodline. That seemed to be the running theory amongst everyone. We, we talked it out on the Survivor Series prediction show that I did with John Roca, and I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you did, tweet WWE on Fox and let them know as much as possible. I want to try and do more of those. I think you guys enjoyed it. You guys seemed to dig it. 
I know those of you guys who listen to me on Wrestling Sheet Radio enjoyed hearing me and Roka hash it out again, even if we didn't argue too much this time. But don't worry. If we continue, we will. <laughs> but my main takeaway after the match was, you know, there was that promo that Sami Zayn did where he talked about how he, like, is the master manipulator and he gets into people's heads and dances around and he's the one pulling all the strings. And I just can't help but think that he's still currently doing that. That this, that that was something, that was foreshadowing down the line to let you know what Sami Zayn's true intentions were. That Jey Uso was right. I am thinking that that is still in play for some reason. I'm thinking that the Sami turn on the bloodline is still in play. Because when the match was over, even though there was hugs and there was everything going on... If you notice, the master manipulator has eased his way into the center of the bloodline. At the end, they all had their arms around him, and he is in the center. He is creeping his way into becoming the head of the table. And I think that Roman isn't going to like it. I mean, right here, Jey Uso says that it's because of Sammy that they won the match at war games. You think Roman Reigns is going to be happy hearing that? I find that very hard to believe. I th- I just feel like that's where this story is heading. I think that's what ultimately makes Roman turn either Sammy turn on Roman and show that he was the one pulling the strings all along or it's unintentional that he is kind of becoming everyone's favorite person in the bloodline. And now, you know, eventually Roman Reigns takes issue with it and takes him out of the bloodline. And we get Sammy versus Roman at some point in time. I think it's either one of those now. Because I just don't see a world in which at WrestleMania we get Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns. Not quite yet. I don't think that's what happens. I mean, I could see a world where I guess like Sammy unintentionally wins the Royal Rumble continues along this most popular guy in WWE thing right now. Roman gets pissed, turns on him, and, you know, then Sammy says, I'm not, you know, I have, you know, I, I, I'm using this. I'm not giving it up for the bloodline. I'm using this, and I want you at WrestleMania. I guess I could see it. I just don't know if they pull the trigger on something like that for WrestleMania. I would, I think it sounds awesome. I just don't know if they pull the trigger on something like that for a WrestleMania with Sami Zayn getting that big of a match. He's the most popular guy in WWE right now, so you'd think you'd think it's a possibility, but I just feel like the setup for Cody to be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns at WrestleMania is already there. That's where I feel like it's going. So I think in order to do that, you keep Sami in the bloodline. It's over. People are loving it. Just keep in the bloodline for another few more months. And then you can do that after WrestleMania when Roman needs an a, a opponent after he loses the title. Or, I don't know. There's lots of ways you go with it. But I just feel like Cody winning the title is going to be the thing. Got very off track there. I know. We already had that Cody talk on, on the prediction show. But, yeah, I... It, it, I think that we that's that Roman is ultimately going to catch Sammy on his true intentions being the tap dancing thing I was referring to. And then he's mad about 
the popularity of Sammy and he turns on Sammy. So that way Sammy keeps that popularity. It's a baby face. And uh, we get that down the line. But I don't think it's before WrestleMania. I think it's after. And maybe not even a title match. We'll see. Anyways, I love all this. Uh, those are my thoughts <laughs> on the Sami Zayn story post uh, Survivor Series. And if uh, Sami Zayn, or excuse me, if Kevin Owens is good, I'm guessing maybe we get Kevin Owens. It's either Kevin Owens or Sh- or Sheamus versus Roman at the at the at the Ro- at the Royal Rumble. It's got to be Sheamus. I know Kevin Owens is involved in that, and he had he got turned on. But I think now Kevin Owens is on pause in that story until. He wants to get his revenge on Sami Zayn. I mean, we saw him on Raw, I know that. But I'm just saying, I think that... My mind's all over the place here. But I just don't see him getting the title shot quite yet on Roman. I think think he's going to be more focused on Sami. And as we've seen, Sami Zayn versus Sheamus here. That's where uh, the direction seems to be going for SmackDown still. I think it's Sheamus versus Roman Reigns the Royal Rumble. That's my guest. Anyway, that's 10 minutes of me talking about this first opening match. Yeah, I've uh, had a lot of thoughts the past week where I wasn't doing any of these podcasts. The finish of this match saw Sammy go for a luva kick. Sheamus reversed it into a knee to the face, then picked Sammy up for white noise again, but Jimmy distracted the ref, and Jay hit a super kick, helping Sammy get the pinfall victory with a sunset flip. Yes, we've gotten to the point where Jay is happily helping Sami Zayn win matches now. I've said a lot there. I know I was a little bit all over the place because I, 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 even in my own brain, I'm not sure what I think is happening. Do I think Sami Zayn is tap dancing or do I think he's genuine? I don't know. (laughs) But I do think... I do think that he's going to stay in the bloodline for a good little bit. All right, after that, Santos Escobar had a video with Legado del Fantasma. Uh, Santos vows to win the SmackDown World Cup in order to shine a light on the importance of Lucha Libre for Mexico. Zelina Vega then says that Santos will win the IC title after that, and the group does a toast. I love this stuff. It feels more current, makes the group look cool, and doesn't allow the audience to what chant them before they get off the ground. It just, you know, they, they, this just seems more in line with the kind of things I would see someone put on, posted themselves on the internet to make themselves look cool. This made them look cool. They look like ballers. They're in suits, they got their cigars, they got their drinks, playing some pool. They're just looking like, cool dudes that are in a little gang together and I liked it it just it, it, it builds their aesthetic they got a cool vibe their whole aesthetic is a cool vibe and I think that this matches it better than a in-ring promo would have done I also think these kinds of videos and the same with the one on Ricochet later in the show these are the kinds of hype videos that I want to see in 2022 almost 2023 These are the kinds of things that I want to see to help build people's character. I don't think you need to do the standard holding a mic, doing a promo into the camera thing. I think you can build someone's character with cool videos like this that show what they're doing out in the real world, that show them being human beings, but 
also putting themselves over and building up the importance of a match. I think this falls in line with current times. All right, after that, Kofi Kingston was interviewed backstage. He declares himself for the Royal Rumble, then gets asked for his thoughts on the SmackDown World Cup Finals. I'm so excited that it's Royal Rumble season, guys. I love Royal Rumble season. Royal Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view of the year. And I got to say, Triple H has been killing it in the few months since he's taken over. The shows have taken such a drastic turn and become so much better than they were before. A lot of people online say, Ryan, you weren't talking crap on it before. First of all, I was criticizing the shows before at times. I got a million articles on the website to prove it. Way too many tweets that I put out on the internet. Uh, so if you if you thought that I wasn't giving any criticisms before, you are blind and weren't paying attention. However, I will say I enjoyed it a lot. I still enjoy the show. I I I I, I can enjoy something and still criticize it at the same time. I think some people think that in order to criticize something, you have to hate it and have this vitriol towards it. But no, like you can enjoy something and still criticize things. And yes, I do prefer to highlight the things that I enjoy more than criticize because then when I criticize things, my criticisms hold more weight. They don't seem like I'm just doing them because I'm feeding that hate machine. (laughs) If you're listening to this, you already know. Sorry. Been a week since I've been able to be in front of a microphone. Feels good. Feels fresh. (laughs) Feels invigorating. I've been been stuck in a hospital just like trying my best to be quiet while people are recuperating. And I'll tell you this much. It is not easy for me to be quiet. <laughs> I had to whisper one day. One day I was fully whispering because the guy was like, hey, can you please just, like, not even, he didn't say it in a mean way, just like, hey, I'm recovering from a surgery today. Like, can you please try and keep it down a little bit? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then I, I whispered the whole day. And the next day he said, thank you very much. And he was very appreciative of me doing that. And then he showed me a video uh, where he claims that he can do an internal meditation chant and summon alien, alien uh, uh, spacecrafts. And then he showed me a video of something in the sky, and he said that he summoned them. It's been a week, ladies and gentlemen. I also had a nurse walk out of the, of the, <laughs> of the hospital once, and look at me. They put a cowboy hat on, and it was like one of those flimsy cowboy hats that you'd like take to a, you've like worn at the bar for like five years. Not like some like strong JBL cowboy hat. And this nurse, he puts on the cowboy hat and he looks at me and he lights up a blunt. And then he says, smile, it only gets worse from here. And then walked away. <laughs> it was very ominous. I met the main character of a movie. I don't think I'm in. Well, I hope I'm not in. Uh, but yeah, I've had a lot of a, I've had a crazy week. And yeah, like I said, it feels good to have the, the microphone in front of me. Um, but yes... Back to what I was saying. The point that I was making there is that uh, there was criticisms I had. And I do think Triple H has addressed a lot of the things that bothered me that I would have criticism towards. So because of that, I'm really looking forward to his first Royal Rumble. Uh, I'll let you know if I see that nurse with the cowboy hat again. Now, Imperium interrupts Kofi Kingston, and it leads to a challenge from Kofi to any member of of the group, much to the chagrin of Kofi, Gunther walks into frame and accepts the challenge. I laughed because Kofi says, you're like, oh, you were just 
standing off frame that whole time, huh? <laughs> the way he, this delivery of it cracked me up. Loved it. Bray Wyatt speaks next <clears throat> and talks about how once upon a time we were all animals, but no one looks at that as violence. It was me. It's merely survival. He then says he's not the one who hurt L.A. Knight. If he had been the one, we'd all know because there'd be none of L.A. Knight left. So Bray Wyatt here, L.A. Knight. I've actually felt like you know I think Bray. I think. This feud is 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 actually winning me over to some degree, even though we don't really know if Bray Wyatt is a heel or a face yet. Uh, he, the, as each show passes, he slowly slips back into being a, a heel. So I think that's what we're going. But LA Knight is also a heel. Um, so that is my only real. Um, that's my only real setback in this feud however i think la knight is fully rising to the occasion i'm still enjoying it i think though i think it is time for bray wyatt to be in a match so i'm hoping that happens at royal rumble but that's still a good little bit away so it's gonna be a long time before we see bray wyatt actually wrestle which is fairly unique considering how long he's been back um so yeah i uh i'm interested in in where that goes because there's a lot of talk of the fiend and i do wonder if the fiend is making a return there's been little flashes behind alexa bliss she seems a little different again we've seen uncle howdy talking about the fiend now we've seen fiend referenced feels like the fiend is still in play so do we see the fiend at royal rumble against la knight or do we see something else? Do we see a different incarnation of the character or how he wrestles? I don't know. <laughs> That's nice. You listen to me for 20 minutes to, for me to tell you I don't know. Well, I don't, okay? I'm just, as, I'm just as interested as you are. But I do think that Royal Rumble or sooner, I'd like to see Bray Wyatt wrestle. I think Royal Rumble makes the most sense if they really want to build the anticipation up. But, I don't know, man. Like, LA Knight's still a new wrestler. If he puts up a fight against Bray Wyatt, does it make him look like he's on a uh, a higher level than people are giving him credit for? Or does it make it look like The Fiend isn't, or excuse me, Bray Wyatt, whatever incarnation he's in, does it make it look like Bray Wyatt isn't, on the same level as he once was. I don't know. That's been one of my other setbacks, I guess, with this feud and my thought process around it. However, I am letting it play out. I'm not going to criticize it too much because I do want to see where it goes before I, I get so far ahead of myself that I talk myself out of enjoying it because I haven't been I have been <clears throat> enjoying it so far. I liked uh, LA Knight with uh, you know him being left covered and stuff and the horror elements i'm digging it so far you know what let's go to a quick commercial break and then we'll be back talking about the rest of the show hey folks it's your man Keyshawn johnson here to talk about angie formerly known as angie's list your go-to home services marketplace for getting all your jobs done well now you might be wondering what exactly is angie well let me tell you it's the nation's largest home services Marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house. 
whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Next up, Shayna Baszler versus Emma. But before the match, Madcap Moss approaches Emma and starts to hype her up. Reminds her that she was a trailblazer of the women's evolution. Of the women's evolution. And then she kisses Madcap on the cheek before making her entrance. I notice she's now calling him Riddick, which uh, confirms my suspicion that I think this couple is going to lead to him becoming Riddick Moss again rather than Madcap Moss, which I'm all for. This was a short match, though, that saw that saw uh, Shayna win with the Kirifuda clutch, then continue the attack afterward until Shotzi made the shape. God, guys, you're, I'm, this is what happens. I'm, <clears throat> I'm off for a week, and I'm all jumbled up here. Look at me. Uh, Shotzi made the save. <laughs> Unfortunately, Shotzi quickly ate a knee to the face afterwards, and then Raquel tried to come out to help next. All three began to gather themselves, and Baszler noticed that she was about to be outnumbered. So she backed off while laughing at how many of them it took to stop her. You know what? Okay. So I will say the match itself it was what it was. Um, I think Emma is still kind of like uh, getting her, her bearings in WWE again. And I think the storyline is kind of her trying to figure herself out again in WWE. And I think her and Moss are going to, Help lift each other up. I like it. They're going to be a supportive couple and help bring each other up to the next level. I'm in. I'm into that. Uh, but there wasn't too much in this match it's, itself to uh, get super hyped about. Uh, I like, you know, what it did for Shayna m- more than anything. Because even though you know Emma's getting warmed up in WWE again, I think the train is in motion to restore Shayna Baszler to the Shayna Baszler of old in NXT. And so where you have something like this, where she's so dominant, it takes three people to stop her. I think that's how you do it. I mean, that's what she was in NXT. She was this unstoppable force, someone that all the women couldn't handle. She was just, just beating them all up one by one, boom, 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 kicking ass, taking names. And I think that we're starting to see that Shayna again. She's doing the joint manipulation, she's acting more like herself, she's being the Shayna Baszler that we remember in NXT, and so having all these women have to gang up together to handle one Shayna Baszler makes Shayna Baszler look like an absolute 
beast more than her looking like a vampire and like biting someone's neck or whatever. Like this is the Shayna Baszler that I enjoy seeing on WWE TV. Uh, and then after that, we had Lacey Evans. We had a package on Lacey Evans going back to basics, and she's shown running a Marine Corps shirt and as a narrator talks the whole time. They talk about how something needed to change within her again. So yes, she's going back to basics. We're going to get another repackage for Lacey Evans. And I like this, but I just, she just had a series of vignettes defining a new character. And then that was completely disregarded. And she, I, I feel like she's had a lot of repackages, Lacey Evans. So, as much as I thought this was effective, it's like, man, how invested are people going to get in another repackage knowing that it might happen again with how many times this has seemingly happened with her? I think that's the only like criticism I have of this because I did enjoy how it was made. Like I said, the you know legato thing, Ricochet, which we're about to talk about, Lacey Evans, getting out of the arena. Like, I love WWE programming. I really do. But I genuinely believe that when you put these characters out in the real world and we see who they are as characters in the real world, it adds so much to their characters. Even if Lacey Evans has had a bunch of repackages, when you see her have a drill sergeant in her face, she's doing the drills... You get a sense of who she is and how you can relate to it. When you see Ricochet going hard in the gym while talking about his motivations for wanting to win the IC title again and proving who he is, it you feel the passion. You want to get behind someone like that. When you see Legato smoking cigars, playing pool, being badasses, you're like, I can get behind those guys. Out of the arena video vignettes to me are the character building that feels more fresh in the current landscape. All right, so I talked about the Ricochet video package. I talked about Lacey now. After that, Kofi Kingston versus Gunta. Gunta capitalizes off a distraction near the end of the match and appears to be on the cusp of a win, but Braun Strowman makes his entrance to attack Vici. And Kaiser, Kofi then takes advantage of that distraction to hit the SOS, but Gunther kicks out as the show goes to commercial. And after the break, Gunther hits his powerbomb on Kofi, but Kofi surprisingly kicks out. I wasn't expecting that. Great near fall made Kofi look tough, former world champion. And I think the point was to show that the powerbomb is no longer effective for Gunther. He's having to use it too much in his matches. It's not finishing the job. So he's got a new finisher because he follows it up with the Emerald Flosion for the win. And Michael Cole says that he was speaking with Gunther before. And Gunther says that it's his new finisher called the Last Symphony. Cool finisher name. I like it very much. Um, I think that this match really did... I felt like this match really did a great job of of like showing that Kofi Kingston still is that guy. 
Kofi Kingston still is a former world champion. And I often felt like when I was watching Kofi post-world title run, I felt like he wasn't regarded as a world champion. And they'd say it, I know. But I just feel like former world champion, you have like a little bit of weight to it when it's so recent to your world title reign. And this match really showed, uh, you know, it, 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 even though he lost, it positioned Kofi in, in a good light. It showed that he was strong enough to kick out of that powerbomb. The finisher didn't work on him. Gunther had to step it up a notch. And it really was entertaining match. I felt like it was a good back and forth between them. They had good chemistry together. And I enjoyed it. So, um, And I, I like Gunther getting a new finishing move. It's not that I have anything against the powerbomb. I like the powerbomb. I like the simplicity of the powerbomb. But I love a good, unique finishing move. And I don't think the Emerald Flosion is something that's been used in WWE as a finisher. And Has it been used as a finisher by someone that I'm not thinking of? I'm not sure. But Gunther's the per- perfect guy to use that. It's one of his influences and all that kind of stuff. So I dig this into the Emerald Flosion, now called the Last Symphony for Intercontinental Champion Gunta. <laughs> uh, next, we had the Usos talking backstage, and Jimmy asks if he's talked to Sammy about lying to his face last week. Jay says no because Roman told him to drop it, but then the duo get attacked by Sheamus, who leaves them laying on the ground. So kind of like I said, this builds intrigue to both sides. Like maybe we're going to find out that Sammy was lying all along. Sammy did have ulterior motives. Or maybe we'll find out that and then we'll find out that Roman had a wrong read on him all along and that Jay shouldn't have dropped it. And that'll cause tension in the bloodline too once Roman loses the title. All options on the table, but I like that I like that there are all these different pieces laid out and there are multiple directions that it could go. Damage control come out next, and Bailey takes the mic. She then talks crap about Becky Lynch and begins to run down the SmackDown women's division. But she gets interrupted by Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan runs to the ring to fight all three members of the group. She tosses Dakota and Io into the barricade, then tackles Bailey. But of course, the numbers eventually catch up to her. She's getting her ass beat. And suddenly, the music of Tegan Knox... I messed it up there. (laughs) The music of Tegan Knox hits. She runs out to help, but the numbers catch up to her as well. Then damage control turn around. They get attacked by Liv Morgan with a kendo stick. And then Tegan hits the shiniest wizard. Didn't connect super well, unfortunately. But people on the internet are hyped to see her back. I'm hyped to see her back. I think Tegan Knox had a lot of potential. And I'm interested to see what a main roster run actually looks like for her under Triple H. I think that he's always been a fan of hers. And I think that he will definitely give her a chance to shine. No pun intended. (laughs) Uh, I dug the new hair, too. I just think that, you know, you're getting goodwill from the WWE fans when you're bringing back these people. I think that whether you think they're the best wrestler in the world, whether you think that they're not, I think that really the bottom line is this. To someone, they are. 
that is someone's favorite wrestler. It might not be yours, but it is someone's favorite wrestler. So bringing back all of these wrestlers just builds goodwill amongst the fans who were bummed seeing all these people get released. They had supported all of them in NXT. They wanted to support them on the main roster, and that didn't happen. But now it is happening one by one. And you know what? You got to give props to Bailey. You know, Bailey's return, say what you will about it. Some people claim that they don't think Damage Troll is quite clicking. I do. We had this discussion on the prediction show. But here's something that I feel is so important to note. Because Bailey could have come back and said, no, I need to be number one. I need to be put over. I should have the big return. I should be winning the title. I should be this. I should be that. But we got to give a little bit of credit where it's due to Bailey and how unselfish she has been since her return. We know how important women's wrestling is to Bailey. We all know that. Everyone knows that it's important to her if you're a wrestling fan, if you're someone who has followed her career, you know that she wants to bring the women up and make the women's division in WWE something important. Make it make it as strong as possible because she was a child who watched wrestling, who loved wrestling. She wants to get back to the division, and she loved NXT. She had love for all the women in NXT. Still does have love for all the women in NXT. So... When you look at the arc of her return here, you got to give credit for the fact that this is what her stories since SummerSlam have included. Dakota Kai's return. Help Dakota Kai get re-signed by WWE and brought up to the main roster. EO Sky, whose main roster call-up was long overdue. She finally put an end to that. Put her at her side and, and got her on the main roster as one of the main factions that's being focused on Monday Night Raw. Yes, Bailey did that. Because if you listen to Dakota Kai's interview on Out of Character, she talks about how this was Bailey's idea from the start. So she got two people from NXT up. Nikki Ash uh, gets to become Nikki Cross again in the midst of all Bailey's stories right now. Candice LeRae gets her fa- first main roster. Feud after being re-signed to WWE following the birth of her child. And now the return of Tegan Knox. So you got to give credit to Bailey where it's due. Because I see a lot of people saying, you know, criticize this or criticize that. But if you really look at that, rather than what it's done for Bailey, if you look at what it's done for others, it's done a lot. And I'm pumped about it. So I'm pumped to see Tegan Knox back as well. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. It's funny, I think that a lot of these names that we had kind of uh, speculated for Survivor Series, they were all in play. I think that I have a feeling that uh, really was pending uh, whether Becky Lynch would get cleared or not. Now, I don't know when she did get cleared, but I do feel like all these pieces were put in place just in case. Next, Karrion Cross is backstage He's reading tarot cards with Scarlet. Says that he showed Drew McIntyre his plan. And now it's time to take out someone else in the eye of the storm. Scarlet then shows a tarot card with Rey Mysterio's face on it. So that's the next direction for Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross 
and Rey Mysterio. Can't go wrong with that. And honestly, I'm really looking forward to kind of Rey Mysterio getting a chance to move away from the Dominic stuff just for a little bit because I've seen, you know, I I do think that at the end of the day, you know, this Dominic and Rey thing is going to culminate at a big event, whether that be WrestleMania or something else. I do think we're going to get the culmination of that coming up, you know. So uh, I do think that's coming up ahead, but this is a good little detour in the meantime for for old jolly Saint Rey Mysterio who puts his Christmas tree up too early. Next, while a rundown of next week's show is happening, Uncle Howdy interrupts with a video saying that he knows how Bray Wyatt thinks and feels. It's all fiction. Trust me. Revel in what you are. Yeah, I similar to what I was saying before, I think that um, I'm interested to see the next step in this. Uh, I think that Bray Wyatt is... I've enjoyed all these promos. I've enjoyed every part of this Bray Wyatt thing. But I do think we need to find out a, a little bit more of some next step. And I think that has to be wrestling. So I do want to know, you know, what's going on with Uncle Howdy a little bit more. I don't want to be given everything yet. But I do think we need a, a next step a little bit here to see kind of like what's going on a little more with Bray Wyatt or give us some more breadcrumbs. They were fun to to dig into. I know there was a phone number that that popped up last week when I wasn't doing the show, but uh, I want more of that. Maybe I missed it. Was there something this week I wasn't paying attention to? Let me know. Maybe I missed something. Lastly, on this show, we had Ricochet versus Santos Escobar in the SmackDown World Cup Finals. Legato get eliminated from the ringside area early on in this match to make things fair. There was an awesome spot before the commercial at one point where Ricochet did a running shooting star press off the apron to Santos, who was standing on the outside. There was another cool spot that saw Ricochet run towards Escobar, who was standing in front of the barricade, but he moved out of the way. So Ricochet jumped onto the barricade, and then Santos jumped up as well. Met him on the barricade and hit him with a Hurricane Rana off of it. Santos tried this again from the top rope, but Ricochet flipped out and landed on his feet. Classic Ricochet on display in this main event. And then he brought the fight to Escobar. They're both just trading moves and things continue to escalate. And then Ricochet hits a reverse Hurricane Rana from the top rope and a 630 for the win. This was a great match. I made a joke on Twitter about how this felt like the first live Lucha Underground match, but I couldn't help but get those vibes while watching this. Took me back to King Cuerno versus Prince Puma. And I just felt like, you know, we heard earlier in the show where Santos Escobar was talking about how he wants to show the world how the importance of Lucha Libre. And I do think that that this match really did... This whole tournament, actually, really did show WWE fans what Santos Escobar is capable of. I think that we really did see here a coming out of a future name in WWE. A name that has potential to stay on the roster for a while. Because he, he's got the mic skills. He's got the in-ring skills. He's got the gimmick. He's got the legacy. And I really do think that him 
showing what he can do in this tournament did open some eyes in WWE fans who hadn't seen him in NXT, who hadn't seen him on Lucha Underground, if that's who he was, uh, who hadn't seen him in the past. I think that you, a lot of people got to witness what he can do. And this match was great, man. Like, this match, this whole show had a bunch of really good matches on it. Well put together, telling stories in the ring. And I think that, you know, for too long, I kind of felt like when I was watching WWE programming, I felt like even though everyone was able to paint their own picture, <laughs> they still had to paint within the lines. They could pick the colors they wanted, but they still had to paint within these certain lines. And I think that the lines that were given to them were all very similar. It was like, you can, you can, you know, have your, add your own flair to things, but really we want you all to wrestle a certain way. And to me, you know, I like when it feels like a clash of styles, when it feels like this technical wrestler versus this flashy guy, or, you know, this luchador versus uh, a brawler. Like, I like when there's this mix of styles and you see whose style is better and you get more you get more personality out of people that way. And I think that that helps you get behind people more when you're like, oh, that style is better than that style or that guy isn't as good as that guy because of the way they wrestle. I think that like when you see these people's styles stand out more, it's so much easier to get behind them. It's so much easier to understand who they are. And I think that this was a good example of that. You were really seeing Ricochet in his element with another high-level luchador just getting to wow an audience and show them something they've never seen before or haven't seen often. And no, this wasn't some six-star match. I mean, Ricochet's had amazing matches. Santos has had amazing matches. But what it was was showing the athleticism that can be on display between these two guys. And when, when you show the fans that, they're going to want to see more of it because I want to see more of it. And I think that this really did help show what Santos Escobar is capable of and also helped Ricochet remind people that he is one of the best in the world. Now, at the end of the show, we had a stare down between Gunther and Ricochet, who, who uh, after Gunther spoiled Ricochet's celebration with the trophy. And do I think that Ricochet takes the IC title back from Gunther? No. No, I don't. I don't. It'd be cool. It would be cool because I do believe personally that like there needs to be, you know, if you have this like really dominant heel as champion, um, I think that you also need to counter that with a baby face people can get behind holding your secondary title with hopes that if they get behind him enough, the people will want to see that secondary champion eventually get a shot against the big guy, against the head of the table, or whoever's holding the title at that point in time. So I do like a secondary champion being a babyface if you got a heel champion holding the world title. Just me wouldn't hate Ricochet getting that IC title back, but at the same time, Gunther's just been so good as IC champion. And he's really brought prominence to that belt again that I'm not sure I want to see it get taken away from him yet, even if the two top titles are held by heels who both have factions 
around them, both dominant competitors. They do have similar vibes. So I get that. But I do think that ultimately, because of the fact that Walter is doing, excuse me, Gunther is doing so good uh, as IC champion, I do think he ultimately uh, holds on to that title when Ricochet challenged for it. I believe they said in two weeks on SmackDown. All right, I'm done here. Before I wrap things up, though, if you're listening and you're in this podcast feed, make sure you subscribe to this podcast feed. I'd appreciate it very much. That means you'll get every episode of the show that we put out right to your phone every week, and it just helps me out. Uh, I, 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 and it makes me like you more. Ultimately, that's the bottom line. <laughs> you just want me to like you, right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I just want you to like me. That's really what it is. So please hit that subscribe button if you're on the podcast feed. If you're on Apple Podcasts, hook it up with a review. Uh, like I said, I read the, I read them on the show. You heard me uh, give a shout out to old Zach Zilla eighty nine at the beginning. So if you leave a nice review, I'm gonna read yours as well. So do it, please, 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 pretty, pretty, please. <laughs> and also make sure that you go subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find out of character. I was about to say every Wednesday, but I've fallen on that for the first time because of my situation. There's not going to be a new episode on Wednesday, but there will be a new episode next Wednesday. I'm also going to be back here for the SmackDown Roundup. On Excuse me. This is Friday. There will not be one yet. This Wednesday, I'll be back on Monday. And then the week after, out of character interviews, we'll be back. I've lined up some good ones. I don't want to tell you who they are, but I've lined up some good ones. Uh, but like I said, go subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find out of character most Wednesdays. It's usually every Wednesday. I don't know how to word that. I don't want to say most Wednesdays. It's usually every Wednesday. But I had a situation. So we'll be back soon with those. Uh, but also, you get clips from Raw and SmackDown. You get. YouTube shorts, there's a community tab, there's a bunch happening there, so go follow the WWE on Fox YouTube channel, follow us on social media as well, at WWE on Fox, on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, we're on all of them, alright, I think that's it, I'm done officially tapping out for now, until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been a Smackdown Roundup. <laughs> <laughs>